Scripture says in verse 36, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called It is 
longer barren now she the impossibility of this old age has come in mark chapter 10 it describes barnabas as being blind but it also says that he was a beggar because of the impossibility that was in his life of blindness it produces another impossibility or produces another problem As a result of his blindness, it forces him to be a beggar. Is anybody with me today? When impossibility hangs around and doesn't change, it begins to produce a mindset, a mentality, an acceptance of even other impossibilities. And when this happens in our life, we look at God and say, God, if you would have come a few years ago, If you would have fixed this problem when I only had one impossibility, I could have overcome it. But now, God, it's too late. Now I've just learned how to deal with this sickness. I've learned how this impossibility has just become a part of my life. This impossible barrenness in my life. It's too late. It's done past the time. And there's no way that I can overcome this because now I'm too old. And they begin to ask when you then when you see this in your life, you begin to ask yourself, even if I still want the miracle or not. Do I still want the promise of God to take place because now I have adjusted my life to learn how to deal with the lack, to learn how to uh, compensate for the impossibility, the, the problems that it has produced in my life. I have adjusted my life till I have learned to live with status quo. I've learned to deal with this. And so now we see all of this taking place in Elizabeth's life. The writer here in this text paints this picture so vividly for us to be able to see by the time that we are finished reading about this impossibility that Elizabeth was up against. It it would cause you to give in to the thought of impossibility yourself. But right when you think that the writer is going to say, and she lived a good life, the end. Right when you expect that this is going to say, well, she was faithful to the end and held on. Amen. It it, it took an unexpected turn and the writer begins to take pen in her hand and begins to write with, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. I just want to tell you today, if God can remove one impossibility from your life, he is able to remove all the impossibilities from your life. Amen. If God can fix the womb of Elizabeth, he can fix her. If he can fix her womb, then he can also turn back the biological clock and he can cause her womb to be fruitful. Amen. And this is exactly what he did because with God, all things become possible. Amen. The Bible said he who began a good work within you. 
Amen. How many know if God started it, he don't start something he don't finish. But if he started a thing, he's going to bring it to pass. Glory to God. He is going to watch over his word and he's going to hasten to perform it. Amen. If it were a man, if it were a situation that we dealt with in the flesh, then yes, we could give up and quit and say we tried hard and it did not happen. But I want to tell you, whenever you have done your best, it's still but with God. All things become possible to them that believe. Come on and give him praise here this morning. You see, this word and nothing still has, uh, this word that they used then still has the same meaning today that it did when they used the word, this word nothing. Nothing still means nothing. (laughs) Elizabeth, I know that's profound. I thought I'd just lay it out there. Elizabeth now conceives and the impossible now begins to look probable. Amen. The impossible begins to look probable, but she is stuck in a strange place because she's stuck in this state of probability, but not manifestation of. Amen. She has a word. She has a prom- promise. She, she is feeling different, but it hasn't fully manifested yet. And when you read this whole story, it tells us that Elizabeth hid herself for five months. And when Mary gets up with her, it's now been six months. And when you study why Elizabeth hid herself away, there is no real answer. Theologians and scholars, they they have ideas, they have their own thinking, but there, there is nothing that says this is the reason. It wasn't the custom of the day for them to do this. It wasn't for tradition. It wasn't something that they would normally do. Uh, and so it gives me leeway to suggest why I think it was. Why would she do this? Because I can look at it as if it was me. And you have to consider the fact that she was barren all of these years. And now she was old and had no children. And now all of a sudden God speaks to her and says, you're going to have a child. And begins to tell him all that he will never be given in to strong drink. He, 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 and he goes on and tells all of these things and prophesies about him. And even goes on to tell them later that, that his name shall be John. And, and calls all of these things over his life. Amen. But could it be after all of these years of impossibility that she withdrew herself to protect herself from public opinion? Could it be because this was something that brought her shame all of her adult life, even though that she felt something now going on on the inside of her, she was still hesitant about telling people that she believed that God had spoken to her and that she was now going to have a child. Could it be that she believed something was going on on the inside, but yet on on the outside there was no manifestation? And just in case, just in case I ate some bad pizza, just in case 
this thing doesn't come to pass. I'm not going to testify about it just yet. I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling yet, because I'm just not sure. I know that what I heard, I know what I feel, but there just isn't no manifestation of this thing yet. And so I'm just going to say, not say anything because to, it's too painful for me to put my private battle on public display. Amen. I'm hiding myself away to protect myself. Have you ever felt like something was happening on the inside of you and you had no natural reason to believe that the thing that God had spoken was had yet to come to pass? Nothing was different on there where that the greatest accomplishment of your lifetime was to bring forth a male child and carry on the family name. And for years, Elizabeth was unable to bring forth a child. She was unable to produce. She was unable to bring forth anything. Amen. That, that, that defined her as a woman had been taken away. The very thing that that uh, should define us as Christians today. Amen. We ought to understand that we have been much like Elizabeth. We have not been producing what we should have been producing. Amen. We've not been bringing forth what should bring glory and honor to our Father God. Amen. Jesus is a, ch- a child bearing, uh, when, whenever we, when he came to this earth, he came that we could act like him. He said, this is the way you act. You lay hands on the sick and they recover. You cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Amen. You prophesy and declare the works of the Lord in the earth. Amen. He said, as I did it, you do it. Amen. But I want to tell you that just as what that, that defined her as a woman, just it, what defines us as children of God. Amen. We deliverance should define us as a child of God. Restoration should define us as a child of God. The miraculous should define us as a child of God in this kingdom. This should be the fruit of our life that we produce that fruit. And when we make contact with those around us, their lives are change because we have impacted them with the gospel of the kingdom. The same frustration that Elizabeth felt not being able to produce a child should be the same frustration we have as children of God when we have been unable to produce restoration of life. Not being able to see the family whole and to see bodies healed. Why? Because it is our purpose in life to manifest the glory of God. Amen. Elizabeth's frustration was she knew she was created to manifest something in her whole, and, but her whole life, she is not able to manifest anything. Then one day the word comes, you're about to manifest something. You're about to bring forth. I know you've tried it before. I know you've wanted to in the past. But now is the time for you to bring forth, Elizabeth. But she goes into hiding because she is saying to herself, I know that there's something happening, but I'm nervous about this thing. 
The only thing that could be worse than me not having a child is me telling people that God said I'm going to have a child and then not have one. The enemy will always try to silence your voice. He doesn't want you to speak faith. He wants you to live in doubt. Amen. And as long as he can keep you silenced, amen, you will never be able to produce that that God has declared over your life. Now, it is important that we, you know, there are dream killers. Amen. Joseph had to deal with it, right? His brothers were jealous. They weren't upset because Joseph had a coat. They were upset because they didn't have a coat. Amen. And whenever you have a dream, when you have a vision, when you have a passion and you go after that thing, people are going to get upset with you and they'll try to kill your dream. They'll try to kill your passion. And, they, and, and it's not that, that they want your dream. It's that they don't have one. Amen. They're living life unfulfilled. They're just going through the mundane. Amen. But I want to challenge you today to dream your dream and never give up on your dream. Amen. Believe the word of the Lord that he has spoken over your life. Believe the promise that he has given you. It may have been days, weeks, months, or even years have passed. But the promise of God, he said he's going to watch over his word and he will perform it. Praise God. And so this morning, I just want to encourage somebody that may have been a long time since you have seen or heard the word of the Lord over your life. And you have grown weary and you have dealt with the impossible of this thing ever happening in your life. I just come this morning to tell you don't give up because God specializes in taking the impossible and making it possible because with God, all things. Amen. All things. You need to testify to three people and tell them all things are possible. When Elizabeth and Mary got together, the baby inside of Elizabeth leaped. Getting back to the theologians and scholars, they believe that this quite possibly was the first time that Elizabeth had felt any movement at all out of this child. Now, I don't know a whole lot about it, so I, I looked it up a little bit, and I'm told that most of the time, around the four or five month period, you begin to feel movement when you're pregnant. They didn't have all the equipment that we have today. Right? I mean, I've seen some of them, you know, uh, here that's fixing to have a baby, and, and they ain't nothing left to the imagination. Uh, they got them sonograms and 4D or whatever it is. And, you know, you can tell what the nose looks like and what color the hair is. I mean, it's a mess. Amen. And a good mess. But they didn't have no sonogram and say, oh, looky there. He's got a wrinkly nose and he's sucking his thumb and, and all of that. They didn't even have a, have a heart you know, heartbeat monitor where they could put on them and hear that thump, 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 thump. They didn't have none of that. 
All she had was natural instinct. And this was her first child. And even though that this was her first child, she knew that if this baby is alive inside of me, I ought to be feeling something about now. There ought to be some movement on the inside. Even though she felt things changing in her body, there was no proof that what she was carrying was even alive. Six months pregnant and never felt the child move. Six months and never felt any movement would cause anyone to begin to wonder, is something terribly wrong? After all, this isn't her first uh, go around. She's been all of her life battling this thing. How many know whenever you're dealing with something all of your life, sometimes you can get a complex and you can begin to imagine things and you can begin to think things that aren't even so, but because of what you've had to deal with in your past, you begin to suggest what might be happening right now. And so here she was dealing with all of this and six months she goes by and she and, and nothing is happening. And what if there's something wrong? What if what, what is inside of me is not alive? Amen. Have you ever been given a promise from the Lord and you haven't seen any signs of life? You haven't seen any proof of what is going on. All you have is proof that earlier God said to you. That's the only thing you've got. Your husband hasn't changed. Your children still acting the same. Your job's still crazy. There isn't nothing that's changed in your life. And you doubt and you begin to wonder. And you say, is the word really working in me? Is it really alive in me? Amen. Is it ever going to happen for me? Have you ever come to that place where you begin to doubt and wonder, will this thing, I know something's changing, but is it alive? Am I going to be able to produce this thing? Amen. But I know I have a word to stand on. I know that I've got a promise from God. I know that the Lord has spoken to me. Amen. But I don't feel any different. Amen. Even though that the things around me seem so bad and believe God so greatly in my life, I, I don't see any signs. I don't see any wonders. I don't see anything. Maybe I miss God. I'm, I'm glad I didn't tell anybody about it. It's the weirdest feeling in the world to be filled with hope and filled with fear of failure at the same time. And Mary showed up and came to Elizabeth's house and greets her. The salutation, a salutation is not a handshake, it's an embrace, which means... The womb of Mary had to touch the womb of Elizabeth. Mary was carrying in her womb resurrection and life. And resurrection and life bumped into the womb of a child that hadn't moved that hadn't kicked, that hadn't shown any signs of life for six months. But the moment 
their bellies bumped. That baby went to jumping. Amen. I almost, I almost called this message the belly bump. Amen. Because whenever their bellies bumped, something happened, praise God. Resurrection and life got up on to the promise that was in Elizabeth that looked like it was dead, looked like it was dormant, wondered if it would ever take place. Amen. But she, and that that she was unsure of and no manifestation on the outside suddenly got in contact with resurrection power. And now that thing on the inside started kicking on the outside and said, I'm alive. Glory to God. Amen. I've come to talk to people today that look like your promise was dead, but there is something on the inside of you. You can't explain it. You don't have nothing to prove it. Amen. But all you've got is a seed of God's word that is inside of you that has promised you. I'm going to supply your need. I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. I'm going to make you to be a conqueror. I'm your healer. I'm your provider. I'm El El Yon, the most high God. He said, this word is inside of you that's the promise that God has given you and man and this morning we've come to belly bump with the resurrection and the power and the life he said that I'm not going to save just you but you and your whole house shall be saved glory to God I'm telling you today that resurrection comes life comes and power comes and because he lives you and I can live also and we can believe anything is possible to them that believe. Oh, come on and praise him here this morning. <laughs> you felt faith that you forgot you ever had. You felt the promise that you gave up on. Maybe you've, you've waited so long when your time has come, it's hard to believe. That this thing really can happen. <laughs> but when Martha and Mary embraced the Bible said Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know what was that, what, what was said. I don't know what that says to you. But Elizabeth, you've been carrying this thing for six months. Doing your very best. Elizabeth, you've done everything, but it isn't moving. Amen. You're, you're, you're trapped, and it feels like there's no way out. It feels like you know that something should be happening, but nothing is happening. Amen. But from this day forward, the Holy Ghost said, I'm in charge. I'm in charge of your pregnancy. I'm in charge of the child's development. I'm in charge of its growth. I'm in charge of this thing, manifestation. Amen. Manifesting in your life. I know you tried. I know you've been carrying it for six months and it's been heavy on you. But I've showed up now and I'm about to make it manifest in your life. Glory to God. All you need is a belly bump with Jesus and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And when 
you do, he'll tap you out. And he says, I've got this thing. Amen. I know you've tried. I know you've worked. I know you've tried to make it happen, but I'm going to tap you out and I'm going to bring this thing to manifestation in your life. I don't know how Elizabeth responded when the Holy Ghost came on her. I don't know if she spoke in tongues. I don't know if she danced a jig. I don't know how she did it. But what I do know is this, the promise that was looked like was dead on the inside of her started kicking and bucking and saying, I'm coming up out of here. The word of the Lord in your life is not dead. It's not dormant. You just need the Holy Spirit to stir up the gift of God that is on the inside of you. And when it does, it will come alive and you can believe God for the miraculous. Oh, I wish I had somebody believe me today. When the Holy Spirit caught up, amen, with Elizabeth and she was filled with the Holy Spirit, that promise started kicking on the inside, amen, and he said, I'm going to take it from here. And when he showed up, barrenness couldn't stop the promise from coming, amen, impossibility couldn't stop the promise from coming, time and age could not stop the promise from coming. I think that explains why God told Elizabeth, with God. You've tried it, but with God. You've done your best, but with God. I know you've done it. I know you believe. I know that it's, it looks impossible, but with God, all things become possible. It doesn't matter how barren, how old. It doesn't matter how dead it may seem. Amen. When the Holy Spirit takes over, nothing is impossible to them that will believe. When the Holy Spirit came on Elizabeth, it woke up the promise on the inside of her and said, get up. We're going to grow. Get up. We're getting up out of here. Get up because you're alive and we're coming out of this. That's why we pray for each other. That's the reason why we lay hands upon people. Amen. Because there is an impartation. It isn't just to, to, to do something. It isn't just to say, well, we prayed for a hundred people today. No, when you lay your hands upon them, there is an impartation. There is a release of the spirit of God that will transform. It's not a man, but it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that will transform. Even that which is dead will come to life when the anointing of God gets on it. Amen. And so I come today to wake up somebody's gift. I've come today to stir up the promise of God over your life. I've come today to tell you that it really is true. Nothing is impossible to them that believe. Amen. And this is just an extenuation of Wednesday night service. But if you didn't get Wednesday night, sorry. You need to get your sorry self here. Amen. But I really believe that we're coming into a time. Let me just, for those who weren't able to be here, I I said Wednesday night, we've gone through a time and it seems as though that there has been a struggle and there's been a battle in the earth. 
and we, we have experienced power. We've experienced the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the earth. We, we've had people like uh, that are gifted like Oral Roberts that, that would uh, not just say that God is a healer, but he would get on TV and he would pray for a little boy that had a crooked leg. We're not talking about something that, you know, somebody comes up and tells you, well, you got, did you know that one foot's shorter than the other? Now listen, if somebody's got to tell you one foot shorter than the other, you got some problems, are they lying? Right? I don't need somebody, I uh, won't go there, but anyways, but all Roberts, he would take that uh, those children and he would pray for them and before your very eyes, you would see those legs start popping out and, and things begin to move and adjust and, and, he, they, and then they put that little boy down and he'd start running around the building for the first time in his life and everybody knew that our God was a healer. Amen. David Wilkerson was a voice. And many times people would say he's full of gloom and doom, but prophets never were celebrated. <laughs> Amen. But I want to tell you that, that those voices uh, have been, are gone from the earth today. Amen. They went on to their reward. And after the debacle and after all of the trouble that America church dealt with in the uh, mid-80s, it has seemed as though that we are afraid anymore to declare that our God really is God. It, it, we're afraid to declare that he is able to do a thing. And we have been like Elizabeth and we have run and hid ourselves in a, in a, 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 glass, a stained glass cathedral. We have hidden behind the walls of the church. And we are afraid to say that God is able to do signs, wonders, and miracles. But I want to tell you today that there's an awakening coming. Because this nation is a sight and sound people. A sight and sound generation. And we can't just proclaim the word and there be no manifestation. But I'm here today to tell you that there's about to be an emerging and a rising of the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God that's going to return to the house of God. And people are going to know that our God is a healer, that our God is a deliverer, that our God is a way maker and a problem solver. He is an answered prayer. And I want to tell you today that I'm ready for it because I really do believe nothing is impossible. If we believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. I'm ready to cast out the enemy and the evil one and cause life, joy, and hope to come to those who are oppressed. Amen. I'm ready to speak the word and see the word of God manifest in people's lives. Now, it, it, it isn't up to us, but we have to speak the word. It's our job to speak it by faith. It's up to the Holy Ghost to manifest it in people's lives. I'm just ready for it. I said, I'm ready for it. Church has just been too passive. Amen. Too passive. Well, if it's God's will, he'll do it. If he wants it to happen, it'll happen. We're just waiting on God. No, we've been lazy. 
And God don't make nothing happen in the earth except through his people. And he's given us the authority and dominion in the earth. That delegated authority has been given to us as his children in the earth. And now as we speak it, God backs it up. And the reason we haven't been seeing anything is because we ain't been saying anything. I'm preaching better than you're letting on right now. But I'm ready to speak the impossible. Declare the miraculous and watch God back it up and produce it in the lives of his people. Amen. I want to challenge you today. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's the greatest gift that God ever gave the church. Amen. The greatest gift he ever gave the world was Jesus Christ. But the greatest gift he ever gave the church was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When I don't know how to pray as I ought, the Holy Spirit prays for me. Amen. What I cannot do, he empowers and makes happen because the Holy Spirit is my helper today. And so I want to tell you today, if you don't have it, it don't make you less of anybody. It doesn't make you less of a Christian. But if you do have it, it will empower you to do what you cannot do by yourself. When Elizabeth came to the end of herself, the Holy Spirit became her helper. She did everything that she could do. But when the Holy Spirit came upon her, that which looked impossible became possible. And I'm telling you today as believers that what you have in your heart that seemed like the enemy said will never take place. Your son, your daughter, they'll never get saved. Your husband, if he was going to get saved, he'd have done been saved by now. Just go on to somebody else. That healing that you've been praying for and it seems like it's so evasive and you've believed and you've believed and you've believed and yet it doesn't seem like the word of God is working. And, and, and you say, well, do, am I going to have? No, you aren't going to have to deal with it. Speak the word. Allow the Holy Spirit. Confess the word. And allow that word to take alive in your heart and transform that which looks impossible to possible. Because with him, all things really are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My assignment today is to cause faith to rise in your heart. Today's for you as the believer. But the next three weeks, we're going after those who don't believe. Amen. I hope you get something out of it. Is it all right if I just be honest with you, huh? I hope you get something out of it. Anytime you preach the word, you ought to get something out of it. But we're going after those who are lost. We're going after those who are broken. They're going after those who are disillusioned by the church. Amen. And we're going to just speak the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to believe it to come alive in this place. And miraculous things take place in this house. Amen. Amen. And so... Today, you're here and you say, I'm like Elizabeth, Pastor. I've got a word in my life. I've got a promise. But you know what? It, it, it hasn't come to pass. Maybe you felt discouraged. Maybe you felt overwhelmed. Maybe I don't know what your feeling is, but you, you relate to this message today. And you say, you know what? I'm just going to dare to believe God today. 
You want to dare to trust him? And if somebody laughs at me, let them laugh. If somebody ridicules me, so be it. But one thing I know, I've got a word from God. I've got a promise. I've got a dream. I've got a vision. I've got a hope. And maybe it's been so long since it's come to you. That word has come. That promise has come. Maybe it's been so long since you've dreamed that dream. That today you sit here in this place. And you say it's easier for me to just deal with the disappointment. Than it is to get my hopes up again. And I'd rather just deal with the disappointment. You remember the woman who made room for the man of God? Went to her husband one day and said, I perceive he's a man of God. Let's make some room for him at our house. And went and built a room onto the side of their house. Expanded their territory to make room for the gift And the man of God was so overwhelmed with their hospitality and their kindness. He told his servant, go find out what she wants. Whatever she wants, we're going to bless her. The servant went and observed and said, I don't see any crayon marks on the walls. There isn't any toys in the yard. Everything's right in place. Man of God, it doesn't appear to me that there's any children or ever been any children in this house. And so the man of God comes to her and says, this time next year, you're going to have a son. Now that word, it would seem as though that She would be excited. She would be happy. She would say, wow, thank you. I'm going to have a child. But she didn't. She turned around and told the man of God, shut up. Don't be telling me this. I don't know. I just crawled up in the text, but I, ha- I, I, I think maybe what she's saying, she wasn't being disrespectful to the man of God. She obviously honored him. But she was saying, I've hoped before and my hopes were dashed. I believed before only to be disappointed. And man of God, don't tell me something that isn't true. Only to get my hopes up for me to fall back in this. I don't think I can handle it again. I would rather live with my disappointment than believe and be disappointed. But the man of God encouraged her that day. Said this ain't going to be like times before. God's word is over your life. You shall have a son this time next year. How many know it happened just like he said? I know time is slipping by, but 
to go on with the story, we also read on and the promise died. Right? It got out in the heat. It had a heat stroke, perhaps. But sometimes when your promise gets in the heat, you get overwhelmed with life. The promise that God has given you can die. But you see, all of your promises have to go through the death, burial, and resurrection. Because if it doesn't, you'll get the big head and say, look what I did. But it's interesting that when the promise died, she didn't call for the doctor, didn't call for the emergency squad, didn't say we're going to take them over to the first Presbyterian hospital. She took them back to where the promise was manifest, where the promise was spoken, laid it, promise in the bed of the man of God and said, this is where it started. And if this is where the life began, then this is where life can be resurrected. And I want to tell somebody today that feels like, now I'm not, I'm not, I'm. Somebody needs to hear me. Because you feel like your promise is dead. You felt like you believed and you got it as far as you could, but now you're disappointed. Because it looks like it's dead. But can I tell you the place that it started, the place of prayer, the place that you belly bumped with the Holy Spirit is the same place that able that gave it life the first time is able to resurrect it and give it life again. So if you'll stand with me today, that'll help me stop. But if you're here this morning and this word has resonated in your life, has spoken to you. You say, Pastor, there's some things that I've been promised that looks like it's dead, but I want it to come to life today. Sister Rebecca sings this morning, if that's you. I want you to come stand here with us. We'll have some folks that'll be ready to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And I want to believe that thing to come to life, whatever it is. Nothing is impossible to them that believe. As they sing this morning, would you come?